Welcome into the August 26th episode of the Lockdown East podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. On today's show, uh, we'll be discussing whether or not the Leafs are really in on Patrick Kane. There seems to be a lot of smoke with that conversation of late. We'll discuss the merits of whether or not a deal like that should go down and what the Maple Leafs possibly would have to pay and should they do it? We'll discuss all that. The World Cup of Hockey could be making its return, Dave. That's really interesting news to me, especially when in the season they're looking to do it. We'll tell you about that and also touch on some big news from not one, but two former Toronto Maple Leaf guys. We'll tell you about it on today's episode of Locked On Leafs. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, once up shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also writer for the NHLPA. Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free. Wherever you get your podcast from, you can also now catch us up on video format on YouTube. Just search up Locked On Leafs on YouTube. Hit subscribe. That would be greatly appreciated if you could do that. Also, uh, give our, our, our content some likes, some comments down below, and share it with your wonderful friends who are also part of Leafs Nation. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered uh, with this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. And if you missed yesterday's episode of the podcast, guys, go check it out. We did go through um, the Toronto perspective of all of the betting odds uh, for some Maple Leafs, whether it's player props, team props, um, and even, you know, outright Stanley Cup props for the Maple Leafs that you can make those wagers at uh, Bet Online. We discussed uh, our thoughts on them, and you can wager accordingly if uh, if that's your prerogative, but make sure you're doing it with Bet Online. Uh, Dave, what's up, pal? How you doing? I saw yesterday you actually went down to uh, to the C and E, down to the X. How was it? I'm not gonna lie, Mike, I was a little disappointed. Really? Why? You know how much? You know what? I got no problem if you want to go out and have a good time. You got to spend a little bit of money. Yeah, I'm also Italian, and I am kind of aware what things cost. Well, I also think you're a cheap ass if you're Italian. I'm not too cheap i like actually because I, I know for personal experience i'm a cheap ass trust me so yeah. i know what our wap asses are like pal but like you can tell like the games were quite like i'm thinking myself like as a single person going to this thing it's not too bad i'm just imagining a family imagine that like a like a bunch of kids that want to play the same game it's probably six it's, seven hundred a like, day for those for the that family oh yeah and then like I, w- I went after five o'clock and it was eleven dollar admission during the day. It's twenty five bucks. Yeah, like, and it's not that much cheaper for kids. Like it's it's gotten expensive. The food's not cheap, but it's like if you're going like to any sort of event, food's not gonna be cheap. And then I showed you some pictures of hockey cards, and <laughs> yeah, th- these were like just regular old cards that. A top value of 50 cents people trying yeah. to get five bucks for them almost like the little flea market setup that they have there with those little booths and tables yeah not great not great uh definitely 
yeah, that's, that's the type of stuff you're going to get there, though. You know, you've got all these people who've got some shops. They're selling scarves. They're selling, you know, all these knickknacks and whatnot. And purses. I saw some knockoff jerseys there, and I was very disappointed about that. Oof. Any, uh, I had to have been a bunch of knockoff Matthews jerseys. It's in Toronto. Yeah, there were a couple of Leaf jerseys. There were a lot of soccer jerseys. Oh, okay. okay. And I know the fake soccer jerseys. There's some new Insigne jerseys, some yeah, Bernadette jerseys. I saw a couple of Insigne jerseys, and I'm just like, because I, so I know somebody was looking at one. They're like, I kind of like whispered to them. I said, it's fake. It's a knockoff. <laughs> and, and they kind of looked at me like, oh, and like, I'm like, hey, it's like I got to do my part. I got to protect people from uh, from the scammers out there. Yeah, absolutely. Did you go into the, like the food truck like that? To me, that's the only part that I personally like. I'm at an age now where I'm all grown up. I could care less for the rides and the games and the, the arcades and all that. I go straight to that little food hut that they have with all the there's like a hundred different stations and like some really eccentric and different wild, weird, wacky foods. Did you hit that up at least? Like that's I my walked, favorite spot at the at the X. I walked around. I saw their big feature this year for those who are not familiar with the X. This year's big feature was lemonade mac and cheese. It was lemon, like it was mac and cheese that mac and cheese flavored lemonade. lemonade. Oh, mac and cheese flavored lemonade. Yes, that's bizarre. I didn't try it. I know a few people who did. I know one person who threw up as soon as he like the like as soon as he drank it. Was it a Jose? No, it was not. It was another buddy of mine. Um, <laughs> I could never imagine Ho our friend Jose drinking that. No. Um, yeah, they had a thing called 99 Cent Pasta. Oh, I know that place. I know that place. That's such, it's disgusting. And it's not even 99 cents anymore. Oh, really? <laughs> no, it was $1.99. So how do you call it 99 Cent Pasta? Come on, change, change it up. That's like the dollar store now, though. Nothing's a dollar. It's all like a dollar twenty-five, three dollars, four dollars. Inflation, buddy. It hits everywhere. Even the dollar stores and the ninety-nine cent pasta store. Everything. Even the Arizona cans. So ninety-nine cents on the freaking can. It rings up like a dollar forty-nine. It's like it says ninety-nine cents on the can. What do you mean it's a dollar forty-nine? The hell? Terrible. And I will say my favorite thing that I did have yesterday was the waffle ice cream sandwich. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Oh, that's pretty good. I've I, I'm a big ice cream sandwich guy, and I never thought, oh, just put put ice cream between two like waffles. I'm like, yes, please. Oh yeah. Oh yes, guy. Did uh, did you get any Tiny Tom donuts? Of course. Yes, that's the must. That's a must. I found out they're actually like, I don't know if it's their head store but like it's in markham i guess there's a spot in markham which is found out only 10 15 minute drive from the tsn studio so next time i'm in studio i think i'm gonna have to make a little trip down and get me some tiny tom's donuts um all right enough about uh, enough about the cne but uh if you are in the greater toronto area and you're in toronto uh it goes to what labor day i think it, it closed down yeah, on labor day's day, last so. day yeah, so you got a little bit over a week to go and enjoy it. And, well, today, tonight, actually, if you got tickets to the Argos game, you got the, the Tabbies in town, nice little battle of QEW, Argos, Ticats. You got tickets. You get a free entry into the CNE um, 
before and after the game. So that's actually a pretty good combo, a little bit of a two for one for you. If you want to get yourself tickets to the game and also go have dinner prior and go and have some, uh, a fun time afterwards at the arcade and, and, you know, at the carnival, if you got your kids. Uh, so, you know, I guess a little shout out, a little plug to the CNE for those uh, who are watching and listening from uh, the Toronto area. Um, so in terms of what's going on in Leafland and in the hockey world, we're, we're finally, you can tell that the season's picking up because uh, or we're not too far off from it at the very least. We're a few weeks away from the start of training camps and a lot of news is starting to swirl and circulate. We're starting to see some of these guys who've been UFAs for a while come off the board. We saw it happen with Kadri last week. We saw Paul Stastny sign a deal with Carolina earlier. And now the latest to sign a contract a man who we know very well in this city. Phil the Thrill is off to Sin City, going to Las Vegas on a one-year deal, $1.5 million to go to uh, Vegas. What were your first thoughts when you saw that news trickle across your Twitter timeline last night? It was probably like midnight or so when that news actually was broke by the Vegas Golden Knights. It's pretty late into the evening, but what were your initial thoughts on that one? How do you think Kessel's going to gonna fare in las vegas oh man i think this is his dream spot yeah like arizona was a good spot for him in terms of like lifestyle but i think vegas more so like if i think like he likes to golf we know that so he's got yeah. that covered no state tax so the 1.5 million dollars works out not too bad for him he's not losing out too much especially his last contract the leafs did him quite a bit of a favor there not yes, gonna lie did. Yes. Um, but I just think, you know, they, they lose, well, I mean, they get rid of Max Pacioretty for basically nothing because they need to jump, dump the cap. I'm not saying Phil Kessel is going to be Max Pacioretty, but they needed to replace that goal production somewhere. And he was the, he was actually kind of one of the better fits in terms of the shot that he can provide and all those things. So it's not, it's not a bad gamble if you're Vegas. Yeah. In terms of production, but I, it's, it's interesting because you could say Kessel's coming off a down year. Now, he did play for Arizona, which was a dumpster fire of a, of a team last season. So I'm sure, you know, everybody had a bit of a down year there, but only at eight goals. But surprisingly, 44 helpers for Phil Kessel. So had a 52-point campaign. And for a team that didn't put the puck in the back of the net a whole lot, that's actually not too shabby when you think about it for Phil Kessel. But, you know, this is a guy who obviously, he just wants to play hockey and he just wants to score goals, skate up and down the wing, fire shots on net. He's not going to give you a whole lot of uh, defensive effort. We know that about Phil Kessel. It's probably one of the big reasons why he's still chasing down the Ironman streak, which he's not too far away from. And funny enough, Dave, did you see the incredible um, coincidence of which team he'll be playing on the day where he could potentially break the Ironman streak? Did you see the team that he'll be playing? It's the team that he started the Iron Man streak with. It's the Toronto Maple Leafs. It is the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't know if that's a home game or if that's going to be. Oh, I think it's a road game. I think the Leafs are in Vegas for it. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be a home game for, for Kessel, I guess, to be able to do it um, at home. So that'd be pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of funny how it's against the, the Maple Leafs, the team that he was with for so many years that he started it with. So to kind of sandwich it, uh, with the Maple Leafs being in town, being his opponent, I think was kind of uh, kind of cool. But also another interesting coincidence, if he ends up 
continuing on November 17th. If he plays every single game up until that date, it'll be 1,000 straight games. What team do you think uh, that game is against, David? Is it against the Arizona Coyotes? It's against the Arizona freaking Coyotes. Look at that. Like, he signs, and then I don't know if that was part of the – I'm sure it wasn't. It still doesn't strike me as the type of guy that's thinking that far ahead to uh, come up with that plan. But how perfectly that kind of falls into place for him that those two marquee games against his two former teams, um, you know, he can go and he can make some history in a way, break the Ironman streak, and then also play in one – the first player ever uh, to play in 1,000 consecutive NHL hockey games, and he can do that against both the Maple Leafs and then uh, the Coyotes on November 17th. So uh, that's really cool. But yeah, Phil Kessel, uh, good for him, ends up uh, signing a, a pretty cheap deal going to Las Vegas, baby. Going to Vegas. Um, let's get into this Patrick Kane news uh, because there's been a lot of rumors that have been swirling about uh, what's going to happen with Patty Kane. Uh, Biz Nasty decided to get in on the conversation so we'll take a quick break when we get back we'll play you the comments from uh paul bisonette on the spit and chicklets podcast uh i'll let you know also some other little tidbits about the patrick kane situation that frank saravalli talked about on his podcast and whether or not we think that toronto is actually a viable option all that more coming up on the other side but before we get there let me tell you guys about bet on Line.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, podcasts. They got you covered. Head to the bet online or head to bet online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action. Bet online, it's where the game starts. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DeStefano. Got Dave Morissuti with me. We're hosts here at Locked On Leafs. And if you haven't already and you enjoy the conversation that we've been having, uh, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, whether you're listening uh, via iTunes, podcast, or Stitcher, uh, Podbean, uh, what are some other ones, Spotify, or if you're on YouTube, uh, subscribe so that you get that note that uh, those podcasts coming directly to you guys. Because starting next month, we'll be back into the full swing of things, back to five shows a week once uh, the Maple Leafs start training camp and we really get things underway. Um, will there be an, a, a superstar joining this team come training camp? I don't know, but it seems to be catching a lot. There seems to be a lot of smoke on the on the matter, and that's Patrick Kane of late has been a big topic of conversation. Obviously, we know that the Chicago Blackhawks are going to stink this year, and he's going into his final year of his contract. Uh, there's, I mean, I suppose he could resign, like, and just be like a legacy player and try and help the young kids through a rebuild, but. I don't know if that's necessarily what he wants to do late in his career. Might want to go and play for a contender as opposed to a bottom feeder for so long. So it's it's likely that Patrick Kane will be dealt at some point. Now, a lot of us assumed, okay, sounds like maybe this could ta- something that could happen through the summer and perhaps uh, it could happen rather soon. Although I was listening to Frank Saravalli uh, of Daily Faceoff reporting on his podcast that it sounds as though Patrick Kane would prefer a trade deadline uh, date as opposed to an offseason trade. Probably wants to just 
you know, see how the season goes and pinpoint exactly which team he believes he'd fit in best to try and win himself a Stanley Cup. Because if he's going to leave Chicago, it's probably to win a cup. And uh, having, you know, all of that big sample size to make your decision would bode well for him, I would assume. So he would like to do that. Whether or not that's actually going to happen, I don't know. Maybe a trade will come down today. Maybe a trade has come down by the time that this podcast reaches the people and this whole conversation is going to be moot. Who knows? But at some point, the expectation is that Patrick Kane will be dealt. And Dave, um, Paul Bizanet, Biznasty, as uh, most people know him as, was on the Spit and Chicklets podcast. Uh, I think it was yesterday. Maybe it was the day before. And this is what he had to say about who he believes will be uh, – working really hard to get Patrick Kane on their team. If you don't think Kyle Dubas is going to work his magic and get Patrick Kane over to the Toronto Maple Leafs, you're out of your mind. The rumblings have started and people are talking about the cap space there as well. You're going to, you're going to see one of the greatest, if not right now, as it stands, the greatest U.S. hockey player to ever play the game, pass the torch over to Austin Matthews in his final couple seasons. I think it's going to happen. I think he's going to he's going to probably re-sign after the, the $10 million he's making and take a hometown discount just like Giordano did, just like everybody else a is doing. A hometown discount. He's American. How's that BC bud biz? It's great. As, as in hometown, as in playing in Toronto and loving it so much and playing with his buddy oh, Austin. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. Did I yeah, catch a niner in Because they need another $10 million contract. Yeah, correct. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Well, Grinelli and, and Witt weren't having it. They weren't having it at all. But Dave, what are your thoughts on uh, what Biz had to say about him really on board with Kyle Dubas getting it done and bringing in Patty Kane to Toronto? We had a similar discussion not too long about the possibility of a Patrick Kane coming to Toronto. It was a, I think it was back when we did like a cosine no sign segment. Yeah. Um, but you're when you when you start hearing some rumblings about teams being interested, I think Edmonton was a team that Saravalli had also put down. Like you start to think that, yeah, first off, this is a deal that might be a little easier to get done at the trade deadline because teams will likely have a better idea of okay, do we want to go all in for the rest of the season and go and get a player like Patrick? Because we know Patrick Kane isn't sticking around with Chicago past that trade deadline. It's just kind of gonna be a given at that point. Unless unless the deals are just terrible and then they just tell Patrick Kane like there's no deal to be had here. Also very possible. Yeah, it, well, it's interesting because he holds all the cards, right? Like he's got a, a no movement clause, a no trade deal. So wherever he goes, Patrick Kane has full say in the team that he goes to. And, you know, let's talk about Toronto as, as a viable option. I mean, there's a lot of reasons as to why Patrick Kane would sign off to come to Toronto. Austin Matthews should be case in point number one, first of all, to play with um, what could be, uh, as Paul Bizanet said, like the next best American player in the game um, next to to Patrick Kane. I mean, I would, I mean, skill level wise, Austin Matthews is, but in terms of their career, Patrick Kane still holds the title right now, but to go link up with that kid in Toronto, I mean, I think that'd be awesome. And B, if you bring in Patty Kane, if you somehow are able to sign him to not a cheap contract, but, you know, a, a friendly-ish contract, that would probably bode well for trying to bring Austin Matthews back when that uh, doomsday 
clock is ticking. You bring him in a, a good pal like like Patrick Kane, a, an American friend, that might go well too. But also, it's a team that has Stanley Cup aspirations, and although it's you know he said uh, Wit said oh he's American, he's from Buffalo. Buffalo, Toronto is the closest city in the NHL to Buffalo, outside of obviously the Sabres, which, I mean, probably doesn't want to go there because they're not going to win a Stanley Cup this season, so why bother? So it is extremely close in proximity to his hometown. It's basically is going back home or as close as you can get to without actually going to the Sabres. So there are a lot of reasons as to why Patrick Kane would actually be willing to go to Toronto, I believe. And I did hear Frank Saravalli also uh, continued his reporting on Patrick Kane, saying that the Maple Leafs, they've checked in on the situation. They've checked in. Kyle Dubas has done his due diligence. He's checked in and said, hey, what would it take? Would he be interested in coming to Toronto? What's the situation there? Obviously, we don't, you know, we're not flies on the wall. We don't know exactly how deep into conversation that went. But, you know, the report is that, They've checked in on the Kane situation. And if you're a Leaf fan, uh, you, you at least got to be happy that this could potentially be a possibility because, I mean, Patrick Kane coming to this team would be electric. This, he had 90 points last year. Like, this guy's nowhere near, you know, falling off by, by his standards. He's still going to be a superstar in the league for the next few seasons. And, I mean, we both believe that there's a very short window for this team. I, I mean, two-ish years, kind of, I guess, if you put that doomsday clock for Austin Matthews, hmm. that's where you want to get Patrick Kane in anyways in the next couple of seasons. Arguably, this year would be best to try and and win a championship. A guy who's been there, done that, and sees a team that's young, sees a team that's good enough, maybe, the way that it's constructed, that they could also go and try and get him another title. Yeah, like 33 years old, and he's still putting up great numbers. That's a guy you can target and say, okay, even if you have to give up some assets, he's nowhere near, as you said, close to falling off. So you're willing to make that investment. And the other thing it allows you to do is, and this is why I kind of preferred if they had gone the deal done earlier, is that you put Patrick Kane with uh, with Austin Matthews, Matthews you move Mitch, Mitch Marner out to John Tavares. Yeah. And we know John Tavares was at his best when Mitch Marner was with him. That like you're you're telling me that that doesn't this make season sense. too. Even yeah. this year, like whenever Matthews did miss time or whenever they shook up the lineup and Marner ended up uh or Tavares rather was gifted uh Mitch Marner with him, his game always picked up for whatever reason. He just plays so much better when he's got a player like Mitch Marner with him. I don't know if it's you know just because of the style that Mitch Marner plays that that allows him, or if he just has a little pep in his step getting to play with a, an old buddy of his. I really don't understand why. He is a completely different night and day type of player when he has Marner on his wing compared to when he has Nylander on his wing. It, it is just kind of baffling to me that he's like that staggering of a difference in production with those two players, considering they're both very quality top six producing scoring wingers. Um, but anyways, but yeah, if you could make a deal and, You'd have to assume Nylander probably going back in, in, in any type of trade strictly because you do need to make the cap situation work and you would probably get them to retain money as well. But, I mean, if you send in Nylander, like what would, a, what would a, the framework of a deal kind of look like if Toronto was to bring in Patrick Kane? I would think it starts with Willie, probably Erasmus Sandin, first-round pick, 
you need to add any more or is that like a good enough I, I actually don't think that's too far off because you're going to get Chicago to retain some salary by sending Nylander salary. You can kind of offset and tell Chicago, well, we're not going to ask you to take back all of it, like half of it, which is the maximum they can take. Cause that was, that was the first thing. Cause I know a lot of people in the comments are like, Oh, I'm going to add another $10 million contract. Well, no, it's not going to be the full no. $10 million cap. There's just no, no way. But I mean, I still, he's making what? 10, five or 10, 10 flat. five. 10-5. So, I mean, I still would ask them to take half of that deal. So, that'd be, be fine. Ideal. I still want them to take 50% of that because then that gives you that extra, I guess, what would it be? $1.65 million in between moving on from Nylander's deal and then 50% of Kane's deal. And a team that's really under the cap anyways, like that, that, that'll be really helpful. They are over the cap as of this moment. So, I mean, if you can make that happen, move out Nylander's contract and bring in a lesser at 50% Kane contract, already you're ahead just based on you've also opened up a little bit of, of wiggle room for cap space so that you don't have to have a 20-man roster. You can have 21, 22 guys be on your roster at a time. That's also beneficial. And let's be real here. Chicago, if they were smart, they would take William Nylander. They flip him easily to another team. Well, so that's the other thing that I wanted to get to also because, you know, on Twitter, everyone's saying, why would they want Nylander? They trade away Dabrinkit because he didn't fit into their long-term plans. Nylander's older, maybe not even as good. Why would they want a William Nylander? Well, because he's still a very valuable player. Like, yeah. You can flip him for the assets that Toronto doesn't have. You can get top prospects for a William Nylander, like try and put a framework of a three-way trade in your mind. And maybe that you could do that instead, right? Like somebody who maybe wants a Nylander, but they, you know, they have prospects that Toronto doesn't want. But if you could set up a three-way trade and you trade Nylander to, I don't know, whatever team, team X, and you get a couple of top prospects. Well, now you got, you know, two top A prospects. You've got Sandine and you got a first round pick for Patrick Kane, who, is probably going to leave your team at the end of the year anyways. And he has a lot of leverage too. That's something that I think you also need to think about. And maybe even why it might not even cost as much as you would think for Patrick Kane. I was trying, we were having this conversation before we hopped on Eric. So I was trying to think of a more modern example, but think back to the Jerome Ginla deal. And this is almost like, if, if you can think of a better example, those who are listening than the Jerome Ginla trade for somebody who has the legacy within that organization that Patrick Kane has, and also has like full control of where they go. Let me know if there's more modern example than Jerome McGinley. The only other one I thought of was potentially uh, Taylor Hall because he had a no move clause when he was with Buffalo. But mm-hmm. I don't put him in the same class. Like he didn't have the the um, the respect, I guess, from the organization. Didn't have the legacy within the organization. But you know they may want to do right by Patrick Kane, so they may not take the best, uh, or they may may not be able to take what's considered the best offer, but maybe what the best offer from the team that Kane wants to go to might be their only option as well. So if he wants to go to Toronto, they might not have to give up as much as you would think for a superstar player like that. Yeah. Cause again, the one for, I'm just looking here. It was Kane, you know, Hanowski and a first round pick from Pittsburgh. Yeah. That's nothing for Jerome McGinley. Absolutely nothing. And neither of those prospects turned into anything, and I don't think that first round pick turned into anything. I think the first round pick was 
mean, like Emil Poirier potentially ended up being that pick. They had like three first rounders that year and they all turned into busts. So uh, whichever one they took, it, it didn't work out for them because it was, it was, it was Morgan Klimchuk. Okay. Morgan Klimchuk. Also brutal. Poirier was the pick anyway. before that. So you're there close. You I knew it was one of those. They took that three draft picks in that year. It was Monaghan who we know what happened to him and then Poirier and Klimchuk. So yeah, it turned out to be absolutely nothing for Jerome McGinley. Um, now, I think you probably, Chicago would, they could They're get a little bit smarter about it. <laughs> well, they could also get to a point where, you know, think about what Masai Ujiri did with Kyle Lowry a couple of years ago with the Raptors, right? Where Lowry had all the leverage of where he wanted to go, but at the same time, Masai didn't have to trade him. He didn't want to, you know, get bent over by another team. So ultimately, he didn't get the uh, the offers he thought he would be able to get. He didn't get the offers he thought were fair compensation for their star player. So ultimately, he said, well, you know what? I'm not going to get a fast one pulled on me. I'm just not going to trade him, and I'll just let him walk as a free agent. They ended up actually doing a sign-in trade afterwards, and it worked out decently. But he ultimately said, like, hey, I'm not getting the fair value that I want for him, so we're just not going to move him. Same thing's happening with Kevin Durant right now in, 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 in the Brooklyn Nets. They didn't get anywhere near the offers that they thought they were going to get, so they decided to keep them. Now, Durant has four more years on his contract. Patrick Kane's going into his final season, so he could walk and they'll never see him again. So you would think you got to get something for Patrick Kane. But ultimately, they could decide to do nothing if they're not getting the the proper respect, I guess, um, in, their, in the offers for Kane. But I think Toronto would be a really, really interesting – situation for uh for him and definitely put this team way up in uh in the power rankings in terms of being stanley cup contenders if they can add patty kane and really lengthen that lineup by making mitch marner and, and john Tavares a duo on the second line and then kane and matthews on the first line oh baby that would be a fun maple leaf season uh but again Apparently, if there is going to be any type of deal, Kane would prefer it to be around the trade deadline. So I'm not anticipating one to happen anytime soon. All right, we'll take one more quick break, Dave. And when we get back, um, there's some news about the return of the World Cup of Hockey. And also, maybe a former Maple Leafs coach could be making a return to the NHL. I'll tell you who that could be on the other side. But first, Dave... Have it a word from one of today's show sponsors. Yeah, uh, that is the NHTSA. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few become a few too many as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out. You think of calling for a ride. Now nah, you live nearby. You can make it home. OK, it's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyways? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risk of junk driving. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So think you're okay to drive after a few drinks. Think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Welcome back into the Locked On These Podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. Um, so it looks as though 
According to Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly in uh, in an interview he did with NHL.com yesterday uh, or a couple of days ago, that the NHL is eyeing a uh, return of the World Cup of Hockey. And this time, it's not looking like it's going to be before the season, before preseason like they had it last time when it was in Toronto. That game was a 2016, I want to I, I believe it was. 2016 is? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. 2016. Uh, Matthew's yeah. first year. Just before I moved to Toronto, just before I met you, my friend, at uh, the wonderful Centennial College. Um, so, as opposed to being a summer tournament, they're possibly eyeing a February tournament, which, Dave, this is completely contradictory of everything that the league has been saying for years about the reason why they hate going to the Olympics, because it puts a stop in the season, and the owners hate it, and this and that. Yet, now that they can benefit from the World Cup of Hockey, now all of a sudden they don't mind putting a stop to the season? It's all about who's got that money, right? Yes. They they realize that, and I, I listened to the conversation you guys had on uh, Overdrive about this as well. Like, it, It's one thing to let players go to the Olympics. Um, yes, the NHL gets a little bit of a cut from it, but their rinks stay empty. The revenue isn't there during you know during that time. So, yeah, they're looking for something that's going to offset that. But at the same time, we've been robbed of the opportunity to see, you know, Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews go head to head in an international tournament. That grows the game more than just being like, you know what? You guys are we're not, we're not making money, so we're going to just not let you go. Like it puts so much more intrigue to the hockey season when you see these events, even if they're not directly NHL involved, I think there is it's a little bit of a short sightedness from the NHL and the NHL owners. I think the players, this is like the one thing the players have really dug in on. I believe when it comes to like trying to get things done through like the NHL PA is like, we want to go to the Olympics. We want to play against even not even just the best players in the NHL from each country. Also those that are in other, you know, playing in the KHL, playing the SHL, like all those other leagues, because it actually helps those other leagues to have their best players go up against the best from the NHL. That's how you grow the game. The best have to play the best. You look at what the World Cup in soccer, you know, it does not matter what season is going on, right? You're They're stopping it for the World yeah. Cup. Yes. Right? And maybe this is something that, you know, the NHL and the WHF have to really figure out is it will help. So that's what also um, I don't know if you've done more extensive research than I have on this one. You, you probably have. But is this I don't know if this is with the WHF. So this is purely done through the NHL and the NHLPA. This is yeah. the WHF, because if you remember the last World Cup of Hockey, there weren't players from other like other leagues. It was yeah, just NHL NHL guys. Guys. That's, that's why Europe and exactly. Yeah, that's exactly the reason why. And that's, I think, the unfortunate part is that this is just pretty much the NHL taking their players, throwing them on teams. And they're like, oh, well, shoot. well, yeah. it, it sounds like they're going away from that this year, though. Yeah. So it, it sounds like they're going to be going back and there's going to be two divisions, two pools. It's going to be a European pool and a North American pool. And that's kind of how they're going to come up with um, this 
field that'll be about 10 teams or so. It'll probably be similar to the 10 teams that compete at the World Juniors every year in the World Hockey Championships, I would assume. Um, you know, the Denmarks, the Slovakias, and and Sweden's, and, you know, all those teams will definitely be in it, along with, obviously, Canada, USA, Finland, and, you know, all those clubs. But um, I would think, I would believe that this is going to be, I don't know how I want to, how, how, how I feel about it in terms of um, whether or not like just NHL is, they could field enough talent on some of those other squads. You know what I mean? Like typically when you do those international turns with the double IHF, you barely get any NHLers for some of those other teams where, so how are you going to be able to fill those rosters? So they, they it must be with the double IHF perhaps, but now you're kind of getting into well, now you're interrupting the Finnish league and you're interrupting the, uh, you know, the Czech league and the German league, the DEL. And, and, you know, if Russia ends up in this, which is remains to be seen right now, what ends up happening with them as of now they're banned, but it 2024 is a long ways away. You're interrupting the KHL season and, and trying to bring guys out of there to be in this tournament. So that's where I'm a little confused if it's not uh, with, you know, has a, a double IHF association. How are they going to convince these leagues to let those players come and play? Yeah, well, that's that's the biggest challenge right now, right? It's the NHL and NHLPA will be on board because they can host these in American cities. The way you do it with the WIHF is, I guess, you try to get some cities in Europe where you can do like a European pool. And then they have the two sides come together. I don't know how you would get the logistics of it to work. Well, I think they they will when they come together. They did say that it would be in North America. Yeah. Okay. So wherever that is, I mean, it could be Toronto, Edmonton, like those hubs have always worked. Maybe a Chicago, potentially New York, like Boston. You know, these classic cities that always get talked about as these hubs. But either way, at the end of the day, for the first time in eight years, it sounds like we'll get some best on best hockey. Um, which thank God, man, like it's been so, so actually 10 years technically, because mm-hmm. we didn't get that in 2016. So it would have been the 2014 Olympics last time we saw that. So if it's not till Feb 2024, a whole decade will have gone by before we've seen best on best hockey. And that's a big problem. Yeah, it's a massive problem. Like to not have been able to watch Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby play on the same team together. And, you know, McDavid and, and, or, um, you know, McKinnon and Crosby, like it's kind of unfortunate that we haven't been able to see this, right? Because a lot of those young kids were on team North America the first time around when the, uh, when they did the world cup of hockey. So we didn't get to see those games. You know, Patrick Kane was not with, uh, Austin Matthews, Austin Matthews with Team North America, the Young Stars. So it, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But obviously, I think we can all be happy that it sounds as though the NHL is open to it. But but the other thing to consider, and maybe we can talk about this a little bit later on because we're going a little long on it, is I wonder if this is a way to, you know, g- go away from maybe the olympics i don't know if if this will have any impact on on the olympics um to say hey we gave you best on best hockey we gave it to you in the world cup form right we don't want to end you know two years later we don't want to you know go ahead and and in two years again have you stop the season midway through again i don't know again that's 
stuff that uh, Gary Bettman and Bill Daly are going to have to obviously have a discussion and, and figure that out themselves. But I just wonder. Mm-hmm. Um, really quickly before we leave, I, I saw this kind of news break as we were about to record. I saw it kind of stumble across my timeline uh, regarding a former Toronto Maple Leafs coach, one Mike Babcock. Dave, could he be close to a return to the NHL? I see this news here that he's opted out of his deal and has resigned as the head coach of the University of Saskatchewan Huskies, which he was doing last season. And I wonder if he's doing this just literally weeks. He probably like next week would have been starting camp with his university group, like with the team. So to be doing this at this point, I wonder if he's doing this because he knows, hmm, an NHL deal could be on the table fairly soon. And I don't want to be locked in and committed to Saskatchewan another, you know, a whole nother season. So I'm opting out and first coach who gets fired, Mike Babcock's name will be at the top of that list. I guarantee it. I wouldn't, would not surprise me. Honestly, I know people have their feelings about how Mike Babcock's time ended in Toronto, the things that, you know, were said about him and his time in Toronto, but there will be a team that will give him that opportunity. Right. I mean, we just saw Jim Montgomery is back in the NHL after he had a bit of a tough uh, road there too. I I do think there will be teams that will consider it. There were teams that had to go with their second or third option when it comes to coaching hires this past season. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I, I, I wouldn't wouldn't put to pass a lot of teams to consider Mike Babcock for an open head coaching role somewhere down the line. Yeah, so we'll that's going to be a story to kind of keep an eye on as the season progresses. And you know, the first uh, sight we get, the first sniff we get of a coach potentially being relieved of their duties, I get the sense Mike Babcock might be receiving a phone call and uh, could be strongly in the mix there after making the decision to resign and becoming a, a free agent head coach once again all right dave uh good stuff i'm actually not going to be here next week i'm on vacation so it'll be all you next week on the podcast i'm sure you'll uh you know treat the treat the listeners with grace probably get some people to to join you and you know some guests uh to have some fun hey if you the listener want maybe we get some listeners get on here hey i'm open to that yeah, we're open to that too. Kind of drop us, uh, drop us a comment down below if you'd like to join. I know we've gotten uh, reached out from a couple of people. Maybe we can get a hold of them and see if we can get them uh, an interview next week and get them on and kind of do a bit of a fan Friday show or some sort of fan show um, next week. You can kind of have some fun with that. But that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcast platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at uh, Lockdown Leafs and also follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. Go ahead. Uh, leave a like on this video if you can. That would help the algorithm and all that would be fantastic. Comment down below as well your thoughts. Should the Maple Leafs entertain the idea of bringing in Patrick Kane, what would you be willing to give up? Leave your trade proposals down below. I know everybody loves to play armchair GM, so I'd love to hear them, and maybe we can react to them in uh, in a later episode as well. Give you some more content for next week, Dave. A little reaction to some fan trade GM, what do they call armchair GM trade? Whatever the heck they're called. Maybe that's something you could do for next week as well. All right, that does it for us, though. Uh, we 
Dave will be back with you uh, on Monday. Have a great weekend, folks. Uh, uh, check you again on Monday, I suppose. But until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leafs.